the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for clearing that up, big guy. Yeah, President Big Guy held his first press conference today after setting the the U.S. record for going the longest time without one, 64 days, something like that. He called on 10 reporters that he picked from a list that he had in his three-ring binder that he brought with him to the podium. Not one conservative was called on, I don't believe, and he really didn't get pressed on anything. And believe it or not, there was not one question about the pandemic. You know, COVID-19, remember that? And he, and he read most of his answers from notes that he had in his binder. And believe me, if Donald Trump's first press conference had looked and sounded like this one today, most of the media would have gone insane and called for him to resign immediately, and they would have said it was proof that he was totally clueless and was being pro- uh, prompted by handlers. It would have been a, it, 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 they would have been hysterical if he had, if he had done that his first uh, his first press conference. Meanwhile, here's a little excerpt. Listen to this brilliant answer to a question about ending the filibuster. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway. Uh, we're ready to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay. um, Hang on. Uh, Sorry. Oh, Miss Kim. Aren't you glad he cleared that up? It was painful to actually, well, it was actually unwatchable. I was going to say it's painful to watch, but it was unwatchable. I bailed out after about a half an hour, figuring I'd catch the highlights, which I'll probably do for the next, well, I was going to say three years, but the next six months to a year that he's president. And now, of course, the big question is how the media will handle it tonight in prime time. Uh, Fox will make fun of it, as they should, but how much apologizing will be done by CNN and MSNBC? I would bet a lot. Yesterday, in a statement, the big guy said that there's nothing a man can do that a woman can't do as well, if not better. Okay? Which is interesting because, uh, at the same time, Megan Rapinoe, the annoying star of the U.S. women's soccer team who was at the White House, went on a rant Uh, That was yesterday, too, and said that she's been disrespected all her life and talked about how she's underpaid and that it was unfair for players on the men's team to make more than she and her teammates do, which, of course, is insane because it has nothing to do with wins or her ability to play, which she can't do as well as the uh, men on the national team, by the way. Uh, Speaking of men and women not being, you know, women not being able or men not doing anything better than women. Uh, She's not better than anybody on the men's soccer team. Anyway, this was all tied into Equal Pay Day, which is today. And if you haven't heard already, you'll be hearing about how terrible it is that women get paid less for doing the exact same work that a man does. That's a myth. It's also a hot pile of steaming horse manure. We'll talk about that myth when we come back. Stick around. Executive producer and MyPillow founder Mike Lindell comes the hilarious new faith-based comedy, Church People, with a special guest appearance from Mike himself. Church People is a hilarious, heartwarming reminder that the gospel is enough. It all starts when America's youth pastor, Guy Sides, realizes he's stuck in the megachurch marketing machine and wants to find his passion again. But when Guy attempts to get back to the heart of ministry, he is thrust into the throes of dissuading his misguided church leadership from performing a strange and potentially blasphemous stunt for the upcoming Easter service while navigating his own personal problems. 
church people will leave you laughing out loud while ultimately reminding you of the true meaning of the gospel. Watch Church People at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for additional savings at SalemNow.com. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. If you're a radio listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we love for you to see why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We or United Faith Mortgage. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Nice. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Ryan Rack, Animalist Number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Spring is in full swing, and there's no better time to freshen up your home than right now. Blinds.com is giving you up to 35% off everything site-wide as a warm welcome to a new season. Blinds.com makes it so convenient to order online with free shipping and a guaranteed perfect fit for your windows. Whether you DIY or have them handle the install from start to finish, you really can't get it wrong. Next time you open your windows to let in that warm spring breeze, you'll love the views when you have brand new custom window treatments to enjoy. Whether you're looking for high-performance solar and roller shades, the classic silhouette of a Roman shade, or want to enhance your home with the warm textures of bamboo shades, Blinds.com will help you get a stunning new look this season. Visit Blinds.com right now to shop their new deals perfect for your spring home refresh with up to 35% off everything from blinds, shades, interior shutters, and even outdoor shades. Rules and restrictions may apply. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. In case you missed it, today is Equal Pay Day. It's all about drawing attention to the horrible fact that women just can't get paid as much as men for doing equal work. I guess it's nice that there's a day devoted to a problem that doesn't exist, but that's the world we live in. Uh, Rachel Gressler is a research fellow in economics, budget, and entitlements at the Heritage Foundation, and she joins us now. Rachel, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, John. So um, um, today is uh, Equal Pay Day. And the media will be full of stories about how women are paid less than men for the same job. How much of what we get today, and which we, I'm sure we've gotten to this point all day long, and we'll get tonight uh, on this subject, how much of what we get will be based on fact, and how much will be based on emotion or myth? Well, and that's what we're dealing with here on this Equal Pay Day, which is supposed to represent how far into a new year women must work in order to earn what men did in the previous year. Um, and so if you look back at 2020, just comparing all the median earnings of full-time wage and salary females to males, it looks like women made 18% less than men. But that doesn't take into account any of the things that employers actually decide on when they're setting wages, things like a worker's experience, um, the hours that they're working, the occupation that that worker is in, their education. All of these things are what determine workers' wages. And yet those statistics, those raw statistics, are like comparing apples to oranges. When you actually drill down to studies that take into account differences and that actually try to compare two workers in similar situation together, 
you find that the pay gap almost entirely disappears. Last year, it was about two cents once you account for all those factors. Yeah, and uh, uh, yesterday, the White House uh, brought out Megan Rapinoe, uh, the uh, star of the women's national soccer team. And uh, she went on and on about how um, disrespected she's been. And it's kind of interesting that someone is, is disrespected is invited to the White House to speak. But um, she, uh, she, I thought she captured it pretty well in, in uh, displaying that she doesn't have a clue about what, uh, is, what amounts to uh, unequal pay for the same amount of work. Uh, she, did you see what she said? Yeah, I actually saw her in a hearing earlier in the day and um, before Congress. And, you know, what she's talking about is saying, claiming that they're paid differently. But the reality is, is that women, what women are paid, the women's soccer team, it's what they have negotiated through a union contract. It would be mm-hmm. illegal for USA Soccer to pay them what they pay the men because the women didn't negotiate for what the men negotiated for. The women have things like paid family leave. The women have negotiated to get paid every game, regardless of whether or not they play in that game. The men only get played if they actually play in a game. And a lot of times, you know, each individual player might not pay in that. And so there are things that women tend to value more and they've negotiated for them. And there are things that men value more and they've negotiated for them. And by law, that is what U.S. soccer has to pay men and the women's teams. And this just really gets down to a lot of what the gap in earnings is, is just a reflection of the choices that men and women make. And by and large, recent studies have shown is that a lot of the differences come down to parenthood and the different roles that men and women take and their responses to becoming parents is that very generally, women will want to spend more time at home after becoming a mother, whereas men will want to kind of be more motivated, try to get that promotion and that higher pay um, to provide for their families financially. And so this is becoming an increasing role in the gender wage gap over time. Yeah, I want to get to the the, uh, the parent uh, issue and the, and the how much of the parenthood factor is, but um, I, I I'm I don't think that there have been or will be many stories in the media that will point to what you just uh, mentioned about Megan Rapinoe and the and the national the women's national team. Um, it's ju- that's why I said it's more about emotion. Uh, people just the facts are right there in front of everybody. But it, there's an agenda, and it's, it doesn't seem to be uh, popular among the media to actually present the facts and, and explain why there's a difference in pay that goes beyond a difference in gender. Exactly, and I think that there's actually celebration to be had here in some of the differences that exist because compared to decades ago when women had very few options in the labor market and if they didn't want to conform to the traditional 9-to-5 employment you know, they didn't work at all. And the reality is now is that women have made huge gains and they've brought things like increased flexibility to the workplace. And there's more independent work options that are out there for individuals to do to, you know, have autonomy over their work and to choose when they work, where they work, et cetera. And so I think that we should be celebrating, you know, the positive changes that women have brought about and the fact that they have all these opportunities that they didn't used to have, and those opportunities are to make the choices that they want about what works best for them and for their families. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned it as, as it applies to the uh, the soccer team again, uh, the, the ability to negotiate. Um, is there evidence that it's that just that men are more likely to be tougher negotiators than women are, or is it more likely that employers are just more likely to give men more money for the same job? Well, it's not the latter. When you compare, you know, equal jobs, they tend to be paid pretty equally. But there are some differences in the approaches of men and women to negotiation. Um, But I think a lot of it comes down to what do they put their priorities for. And so men are more likely to negotiate for that higher pay or, you know, promotion, whereas women might negotiate for different things, especially after becoming mothers, things like, you know, a part-time schedule or increased flexibility. Yeah, so that that's and that gets back to what you said a minute ago about the parent uh, factor um, that is built right into the numbers that we end up seeing as far as the, the difference in pay is that um, it's still as much as women have uh, made advances in ability to get jobs, it doesn't mean that they have reached a level 
of wanting those jobs uh, to the same degree that men have. Uh, maybe I should say mothers and fathers rather than women and men. Yes, exactly. You know, there are trade-offs that come with pursuing a very demanding job, and um, some economists have done research into things like attorneys where there's disproportionate gains to the income of working between 40 and 60 hours. You know, your pay is higher between those periods than it would be between 0 and 20 or 20 and 40 hours, and so that's a big impact in the differences that come there. Um, you know, but the reality is, is that when women become mothers, most of them prefer to spend a little more time at home and they're not as willing to go after, you know, those promotions and things that are demanding of their time. And we don't, you know, value is not just somebody's paycheck and women, I don't think want to be there, have their worth measured by their paychecks alone. There's a lot of value both personally and within a family as well as um, across society to the things that men and women both do outside of just their jobs when they're raising children, caring for family members, volunteering, all of these things have positive impacts. And I think it's a disservice to women to say that we're just going to measure their worth by their paycheck compared to men. We're talking to Rachel Gressler. She's a research fellow in economics, budget, and entitlements at the Heritage Foundation. And today is equal uh, pay day. Uh, is there less difference in pay between men and women depending on their age or their, what generation they are from? I guess both are the same thing. Yes, there actually is. And um, a study came out a couple of years ago showing that if you look just at young, single men and women living in cities, women are actually out-earning men by 8%, and that speaks to the increased gains in education that women have achieved over recent decades. So I think that both generationally, um, you know, younger women will have a relatively smaller gap in pay compared to older women as a result of having gained more education as a generation, um, but there's also some changes in there, too, mostly dealing with parenthood, and so you know, the 30 to 40-year-old age group might have a larger gap just because of the fact that that's when they're most likely to be parents. Yeah, and um, from, a, from an employer's standpoint, you mentioned all, all the issues that go into a woman's decision to take a job, and much of it is uh, women tend to, to uh, take into account their, um, what's needed of them as mothers, uh, and fathers consider that making money and uh, and holding down a good job is is the main thing that they have to do. Um, what, uh, from an employer standpoint, if I'm an employer, would I, would, I wouldn't be able to tell anybody this, but would I at uh, least secretly think, you know, it's, it's a lot less aggravation if I hire a man. A man's not going to ask for extra time off or extra accommodations because he... Well, first of all, he's not going to get pregnant, but he's, and he's, if he does become a parent, he's not going to be a mother. He's, going to, he's, not going to, he's less likely to want to be at home as, than a man is. Exactly, and that's kind of the unintended consequence of the policies that some lawmakers are pushing. You know, it's already illegal to discriminate in the wages that you pay men versus women, but it's hard to denote when discrimination occurs in the hiring process because you haven't already taken them on board. And so this would just encourage employers to not hire young women who are in their childbearing years thinking, oh, you know, if I don't pay them the exact same wage as I pay all men, um, you know, I'm going to be subject to a lawsuit. And yet I know that this woman might prefer a more flexible schedule. They might need to take time off um, over the coming years. And so it really just ends up pushing the discrimination out front when that discrimination probably wouldn't have occurred anyways if the worker were able to just negotiate directly with their boss to get the things that they want, including trade-offs, perhaps trading off lower pay for the more flexible schedule or whatever it is that those individuals want. So bottom line, Rachel, uh, how common is it for a woman to actually be paid less than a man for the exact same job? I mean, how many women went to work today and and sat next to someone in an office or, you know, showed up at the same office doing the exact same job and looked across the room to somebody, a man, who was making more than they're making for doing the exact same thing? I think it's incredibly uncommon, and we have many studies, including just of the government's own federal employees, 
um, that show that there are differences, but they are not the result of discrimination, but rather the choices that men and women make. Yeah, I mean, that that seems to be a, a, a fact that people don't want to mention when they're having this debate about uh, and, and feeling sorry for women who like to say the women who are out there saying that they are not getting paid the same as men. Um, are, are women just more likely to be attracted to jobs that pay less? In some instances, they are. Um, you know, they're more attracted to jobs that are safer. You don't see women going after the riskier jobs generally. Um, they're more inclined to go to the service-oriented jobs. Um, but it's also a difference within those jobs. And so that's why, you know, looking at even heavily unionized environments where you have rigid pay scales that don't allow for discrimination in pay or within the federal government's, you know, general schedule where it's just that structured pay system, um, you still see an 11% difference in the pay of men versus women. And that's because of the choices they make sometimes to take unpaid leave, to not work overtime hours, but also within the government, it's their choice of occupation that's leading to that gap. Is this another example of um, uh, of equity, which is uh, not understanding the difference between equal opportunities and equal <laughs> outcomes? Yes, and that's the exact point here, is that we absolutely want to be pursuing equal opportunities for everybody but not equal outcomes because forcing equal outcomes mean you are taking away the options that one gender or another wants to pursue absent that policy. And so I think that this is, you know, an indication for lawmakers who are considering these issues to put a priority on what individuals want and not try to force women to become more like men or men to become more like women, but to instead respect each of their choices um, you know, just expand the freedom and opportunity of all workers, whether they're men or women, to pursue the choices that work best for them. In your piece, and we're talking to Rachel Gressler, finishing up here. Uh, Rachel's a research fellow in economics, budget, and entitlements at the Heritage Foundation. And today, in case you hadn't heard, is uh, Equal Pay Day. Uh, in your piece at the Daily Signal, Rachel, you cite uh, lots of examples of uh, government programs around the world, not to mention here in the U.S., that actually make it worse for women. The harder they try, the the worser it gets. Yep. Exactly. We've seen many countries that have tried to enact these, quote, pro-family policies to benefit women. And in the end, oftentimes they've backfired. You know, Norway and Sweden have implemented what are called daddy quotas, um, whereby a portion of the paid family leave that the couple gets must be taken by the father. Well, what's happened is that the fathers don't always take that leave and the mothers wanted to take it, but they're not allowed to take that portion anymore. So they end up taking unpaid time off and not getting any pay there. You know, Australia has massive, you know, pro-family policies and they've found that it, quote, has zero effect on mothers' careers in the short run as well as the long run. Some countries, um, you know, like Quebec and Canada have implemented government-subsidized childcare systems to try to force more women into um, jobs, and they found that this actually has a lot of negative consequences for the behavioral and health aspects of families, and that it's led to, quote, more hostile and less consistent parenting, worse parental health, lower quality parental relationships. You know, again and again, these studies just show that despite what might be, you know, a well-intentioned um, policy, it ends up often backfiring and just taking away choices that people would have made um, and forcing them into the types of careers or family situations that weren't their ideal. I have, th uh, I have to take a break. I, I, I ran out of time, Rachel. It's always good to have you on. Thanks for coming on again and uh, clearing up this, uh, all the myths out there about equal pay. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Okay, that's Rachel Gressler, Research Fellow in Economics, Budget, and Entitlements at the Heritage Foundation. And have a happy Equal Pay Day. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The suspect in the Colorado supermarket shootings, 21-year-old Ahmad Alyssa, made a court appearance earlier today and was advised of the 10 charges of first-degree murder that he faces. He did not enter a plea and remains held without bail. Forecasters expecting severe flooding and a tornado outbreak across the south today. The National Storm Prediction Center 
says parts of Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee will be at high risk for strong tornadoes. The number of people seeking unemployment benefits fell sharply last week to 684,000, the fewest since the pandemic erupted a year ago and a sign that the economy is improving, according to the numbers from the Labor Department. Stocks closed higher on Wall Street. The Dow gained 199 points. The Nasdaq up 15. The S&P 500 added 20. This is SRN News. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than eighteen. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Lens S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit lensess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Mike Gallagher knows why we have a crisis on our border. Uh, the nation is struggling to handle the surge of illegals who are coming across our border. What to do with all these children, where to put them, how to process them. When you advocate an open an open borders policy, this is the obvious consequence. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. You all have helped build My Pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of My Pillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get deep discounts on all My Pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. I use My Pillow and I'm sleeping much better lately. You can get deep discounts on My Pillows, mattress toppers, robes, and so much more. For example, they're bringing back the buy one get one free offer for the Giza Dream Sheets. That's right, buy one set of sheets and get another absolutely free. Remember, all My Pillow products come with a 60-day money back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just go to mypillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for the Giza Dream Sheets. Enter promo code STAG or call 800 716 8087 for these great radio specials. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. Call 800 800- 500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Seeing a lot of improvement on outbound 28. That accident cleared approaching the Highland Park Bridge. Now it's just a minor delay. Parkway West looking congested on the inbound side. Stacking up Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel for about an eight-minute delay. Heavy on the outbound Parkway East, Bates Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. And inbound approaching the tunnel as well. Accident on the eastbound Turnpike. It blocks the left lane between New Stanton and Donegal. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Wind advisory in effect from early tomorrow morning through tomorrow evening. For tonight, cloudy, windy, becoming milder with rain and a thunderstorm mainly early, the low 59. For tomorrow, winds gusting past 50 miles per hour. We'll see a shower in the area early in the morning, then partial sunshine. Winds will be locally damaging tomorrow. We'll see a high of 60. For Saturday, milder with a blend of sun and clouds and a high of 69. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Art Rooney II met with the media today, mostly to talk about free agency, but he also happened to mention that the Steelers expect to have capacity crowds at Heinz Field this season. 
that falls under believe it when you see it, uh, but who knows how much will still be locked down five months from now. Phil Kirpin is the president of American Commitment. He's been questioning lockdowns and a lot of this other mitigation from the beginning. He joins us now. Phil, thanks for being here. Hey, my pleasure. Um, we've got, we're, we're allowed 5,000 fans here for the Nationals games. Uh, that's what our esteemed mayor is allowing. So I, I hope it happens, full capacity. The only place I know of that's doing it is the Texas Rangers are doing it, but only for opening day. Then they're going to limited capacity after. Someone needs to explain that one to me. So one day, full capacity. I didn't know that. I thought they were going to let it go. So they're going to uh, 41,000 for opening day, and then how many for the rest of the games? I, I, I'm not sure. Some, some number less than that. It's insane. Uh, but so, so how do you like the chances of seeing full football stadiums in the fall? Uh, you know, I think we'll probably see it in some places, uh, but I don't know if Pennsylvania is going to be one of them. I mean, I think you'll well, probably see it in uh, Florida and Texas and stuff like that, but I, I don't know that you'll get it. Yeah, I, uh, that's what I, when I, as I uh, opened the segment here, I said it's uh, believe it or I believe it when you see it material. Um, uh, you know, the governor yeah. of Florida wanted to have full capacity for the Super Bowl, and the NFL said no. I so know. That wasn't that's a political. Uh, right. And look how many people died as a result of the 27,000 who showed up for the Super Bowl, or whatever it was. And then the celebrations, and there's death everywhere. No, they, you, you couldn't find it. If you didn't know the date of it and you looked at a COVID chart, you never could pick it out. It had no effect at all. And... Uh, so you've been studying the effectiveness of lockdowns from the beginning uh, and the stupidity with stadiums and arenas as part of the lockdown, obviously. Is there any more evidence today than there was several months ago that they're a good idea? I think there's a lot more evidence that they just don't make any difference. Uh, we've now got six months that Florida's been basically completely wide open. Uh, California's been on lockdown, and every measure of COVID has been better in Florida than California for those six months. Uh, if the lockdowns really did anything at all, that wouldn't be possible. Now, you could say there are other factors, and I'm sure there are, but my point is, you know, if, in, if you're imposing something that's harmful, that has economic costs, that destroys businesses, that, just, that deprives kids of school, that takes away, you know, social and emotional and recreational activities, and you can't even find it, you can't even point to which is which, uh, it wasn't worth it. And I think we've got more evidence than ever that, uh, it just didn't have enough of an effect to even remotely be worth it. You can't even really pick out the effect. Well, and it's not like they tried this for two weeks. You know, this has been going on for basically 10 months, 11 months. Um, are they, are they, I'm, I guess when I say they, I guess I'm referring to the government. Um, are, are they that stupid? Or is it just misreading evidence? Is it an unwillingness to look at evidence that's staring them in the face? Uh, are you wrong, and uh, are you misreading? I mean, what's going on? How, this, how long can this go I on? Think what, I think what it is is the, this idea, uh, which the media is very fond of, this idea that if you don't impose restrictions, that means you don't care about COVID. And Good. it's crazy because, you know, we all care about it. It's terrible. The virus has had a bad toll everywhere. But the, the point is it, the restrictions haven't stopped the virus. You just end up with both the virus harms you were going to have anyway, and now the harms of the restrictions that you pile on top of them. And so, you know, they, they, but there's this idea that, you know, if you don't impose restrictions, you don't care. And I find that ridiculous. But that's, I think, why these things continue. Well, I just um, saw on Twitter a, uh, a local reporter, new, a TV news reporter. He was in his car uh, doing some kind of a tease, you know, for what he has coming up on the news. And it was, I forget what it was he was talking about, something something COVID-related, and he had a mask on. Now, I'm guessing he was by himself in his car using his phone to record this video. Um, and here in Pittsburgh, I don't know, you're in D.C., right? Uh, yeah. I don't know about you, but here in Pittsburgh, we have reporters who – who's uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them a little bit of the uh, benefit of the doubt here and saying it's their bosses who are insisting on it, but they insist on wearing masks while they're standing outside at 1115 at night with nobody around them. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 it's still going on. It's come on. It's, it's uh, almost April. How much of the Very media bizarre. feeding into this, you know, uh, just a stupidity lot, like lot. that. And the, 
the U.S. media has been the worst, worst in the world. And, uh, you know, there was an interesting incident, I think it was yesterday, where the reporters were telling Ted Cruz, put a mask on, put a mask on. And he said, you know, don't you believe in the vaccine? I'm vaccinated. What are you, a vaccine yeah. denier? And I thought that was pretty good. I mean, what's the thing about the masks is they do very, very little in the best of circumstances. Uh, you know, you, you look at all the studies, some of them claim there's a very small effect. Some of them find no effect at all. None of them find a large effect. And, of course, if you're outside... There's almost no outdoor transmission anyway. So, you know, you're trying to stop something that doesn't even really exist very much. And then if there's no one around you, well, then, you know, what, what reason are you possibly doing? And they say, well, we, we want to set an example. Except what's the example you're setting if you're doing something that's totally irrational and makes no sense? You think your viewers are that dumb, that they don't get that, you know, you're not in a crowded room, a crowded indoor, poorly ventilated room? They can see where you are. So I think it's, it's very, I agree with you. It's just demonstrating stupidity. Um, so, uh, my, you know what my favorite is, Phil, is the now that uh, we've seen kids be kept out of school for about a year, um, that three feet is okay as opposed to six feet. Uh, what, and I, I don't know, maybe you have and I missed it, but what science uh, was, um, what was presented to, to prove that three feet is okay now when, when it wasn't okay for the last nine months? Social distancing. Well, it, it was actually it was actually pretty uh, incredible because what they basically came out and said was, you know what, we kept telling you six feet was totally made up. It was based on nothing. There was never any science for it. Sorry. And it's like a year later. Say, oh, great, thanks. You know, super. Yeah, yeah, but but the, it's not just that they said that. It was oh, okay. We're kids' lives were ruined because of six feet. Their schools would have been open if they were allowed to be within three feet of each other instead of six. I mean, it's incredible. If, how, no, how often do you stand within three feet of somebody, closer than three feet of anybody, ever? You know, the, the whole idea, and by the way, the entire rest of the world is on a one meter, okay? That's the World Health Organization standard is a one meter distancing. Uh, it seems like somebody in the U.S. either didn't understand metric conversion or they just doubled it more or less for, uh, you know, hey, if three is good, six is better. Uh, but basically, after a year of disrupting businesses and schools and all the rest of it, they said, hey, you know what, that wasn't, there was no science. Sorry. That's ridiculous. The Senate just approved uh, Dr. Rachel Levine as Assistant Secretary of Health. Uh, we know uh, this is a person who did a terrible job of dealing with COVID-19 in Pennsylvania. So what does that say that this person gets not only doesn't get run out of the state and maybe thrown into prison, but ends up in D.C. with a bigger job and a more important and more uh, influential job? Well, I think it's disastrous. Look, I mean, essentially, identity politics is the only thing that exists now in the Democratic Party, and they picked someone with an absolutely horrific record, as you know, and uh, elevated that person not based on competence, uh, but based on checking a box and getting headlines to be the first transgendered, uh, you know, Senate-confirmed person. And frankly, you know, the only good thing about it is that you don't have to deal with her as the Secretary of Health anymore. That's the only good thing about it, I could say. <laughs> yeah, but, it, uh, but uh, we're talking about someone who's insane. They're, they're, so, they're extremely oh. confused and or insane who has just been during a, a pandemic or we hope what we hope to be the 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 coming end of the pandemic uh, an insane person who did a terrible job is now in in a is is calling the shots for the entire country instead of one unfortunate state uh it's not good the assistant secretary of hhs for policy is not usually an extremely important position but of course we've got a secretary who knows nothing about health care a liberal from California, former congressman from California, which means uh, Levine probably will have a lot of influence. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. Look, two Republicans voted for it. We had the Murkowski and Collins joined every single yeah. Democrat, which just tells you, instead of seeing this as the opportunity to really explain what the problem was, you know, you Republicans basically, you know, most of them said or did nothing, and two of them even voted for it. We're talking to Phil Kerpen. He's the president of American Commitment. Um, Phil, has the CDC ever flip-flopped as much as it has uh, on this disease? I mean, how much credibility will it have left when this is over, assuming it's going to be over ever? Uh, not much. I mean, I think the agency has clowned itself. I mean, I think we're at the point now where if the CDC says something, you have to sort of presume that it's wrong, because they've been wrong a lot more often than they've been right. 
And, uh, you know, I thought we were never going to, I thought it was impossible to have someone worse than the last guy who said a mask is better than a vaccine. And then we got this woman who came in now and, uh, yeah, I think she's done it. I think she's made it worse with the ridiculous back and forth and back and forth on schools and competing with the teachers union and doing what they want and claiming we were at a plateau two weeks ago and then cases went down a lot and then she says now it's rising. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a joke of an agency. Well, and who, uh, as you pointed out, uh, the World Health Organization said, I guess it was uh, prior to the pandemic, contract, contact tracing, quarantine of exposed, entry and exit screening, and border closure not recommended in any circumstances for viruses. What changed with COVID? Well, the 19. public health establishment panicked, essentially. You know, we got basically... You have an entire field of study that exists to prepare for decades for a circumstance like this with a pandemic. And they had all of their research and everything, and it all said, don't shut down society, don't panic, keep things calm, you need a functioning society. And then when it came, they completely panicked themselves, and they did the exact opposite of everything that all of their own research uh, showed was best. Uh, They choked when it counted. And, I mean, to me, it just shows you that whole field of study is sort of a disgrace. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, if you don't implement what you've been spending decades preparing for and instead you panic and do something else, uh, it's, it's pretty embarrassing, I think, for the field of public health and epidemiology. And, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to find an organization that does exactly what it says you shouldn't do <laughs> right, and, exactly. then, and gets away with it. I mean, you know, nobody questions it. Well, and, some people to, like you and, and in fact, all of the same people who are out there saying all of this panic stuff and have been for the past year, if you go look at everything they ever wrote, you know, prior to this, it's the exact opposite of what they're now saying. Like the same people. And it started with uh, Fauci saying, uh, "Don't it's ridiculous to walk around with a mask. Um, I think he was about, right the first time on that, by the way. That was based yes. on actual science. So do I. What about the performances of governments uh, around the world since the vaccine uh, showed up uh, a month or two ago? Well, obviously, Israel's had a very effective vaccine rollout. The United Kingdom had a very effective vaccine rollout. And, you know, that's basically it. We're next. We're number three. Um, Europe has been the disaster uh, getting it out. And, you know, uh, we're actually doing pretty well for a country the size that we are, and especially with seniors, which is by far the most important thing, because that's where almost all of your hospitalizations and deaths are. Uh, yeah. we've now, we're now over 70% of all the seniors in the country that have had the first dose and about 44% that have had both doses. Uh, but you're towards the bottom of the list there uh, in Pennsylvania, like New York. You're failing seniors again. It's incredible to me that the same states that had so many problems early on with the nursing homes are the ones that are having you know, problems getting the seniors vaccinated now like they didn't learn anything. Um, and let's get back to the masks for a second. Um, the, the mask mandates are starting to go away. Where did I see? Uh, you tweeted it today. Well, what, what state, Arizona, uh, was the latest, yeah. Arizona was the latest one. And the Arizona one is uh, very interesting because I believe it's the first state that has banned local mask mandates. I think maybe Texas did as well. So we're now getting some states saying not only are we not going to have statewide, but we're, we're going to ban them on the local level as well, which um, is good because a lot of states, you know, they say, oh, we're getting rid of the statewide, but then every major county has it. And so what, what changed? Well, uh, and, uh, they're going away, even though uh, President uh, a Big Guy uh, says that it's, that's a, just as recently as a few weeks ago, said it's called a, a Neanderthal approach. Um, can you imagine a time anytime soon when there's going to be no masked people walking around? Well, I, I, it's well, hard for me to imagine. Well, Colorado was the first Democratic governor to lift it, uh, although not every state. He's got a formula based on you know, sort of what the levels are. It lifts it. So, you know, I don't I, I think, you know, like everything else with this virus, it's going to depend on politics. And so if you're in a more liberal area, it's going to be a long time. You're in a more conservative area. It's probably already the mastodon. And, and I felt for a long time, Phil, that when this is finally over, the big debate is going to be about who overreacted the most. Looking back on it, what do you think? Uh, I think so. And then the other thing is, I think you know, a lot of people are going to try to rewrite history and say, "Oh no, I was never for that." You know, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to close schools. I didn't want to order masks. I think we're going to see a lot of people. Uh, I think the the 
you know, a couple of years from now, you're going to ask, if you ask a poll, you know, did you support closing schools, it's going to be like 10% or something. I think there's going to be a lot of denial that a lot of people supported the things they did. Yeah, and, and what's the end of this insanity going to look like? I mean, is it going to happen one day? Is it going to be a year from now? We're still going to be see huge percentages of people wearing masks. What's it going to look like, do you think? Uh, I think it's going to sort of fade. I, I don't think you're going to have a clear um, a point of demarcation. I think it's going to sort of fade. And, uh, you know, as I said, the rate will depend a lot on politics and where you are now. I, I, I do think that if President Biden is smart, and he'll come out and declare victory at some point relatively soon and say things can go back to normal. I just don't know. Uh, I don't know if he's going to actually do it, but I think if he did, it would be very smart. And frankly, what, what, what I think would make the most sense and would you know, be saleable to his base is if when we get to the point where everyone in the country who wants the vaccine has it, he comes out and says, look, there should be no more restrictions. If you didn't choose to get the vaccine yet, I hope you will. But if you don't, you're, you're choosing to take the risk associated with the virus. And nobody else can uh, be subject to restrictions anymore when you're the one who's made that choice. And I think that if he did that, uh, most people would be okay with that. I think that would be a, a, an elegant way to escape from all of this. So I, I hope he's smart enough to do it. Well, that's my, that sounds good to me, Phil, but it also sounds way too good to be true at this point. I hope you're right. I um, I just can't imagine it ending with that kind, that much sanity. It just doesn't seem like that they're capable of that. But um, I, I appreciate you being on, Phil. It would be very smart politics for him, but I don't know if he can do it. Yep, have a good one. Yeah. Okay, thanks. That's Phil Kirpin. We'll be right back. the last time you watched your home movies do you have a vcr anymore what about a film projector with technology constantly changing most families don't have a way to enjoy their recorded memories trapped on vhs camcorder tapes film reels and photos that's why we created legacy box over a decade ago legacy box is an affordable mailed-in kit to have your aging media digitized to dvd thumb drive or the cloud our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the u.s Imagine being able to easily relive weddings, graduations, baby's first steps, and more. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the whole family together and begin the trip down memory lane. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering 40% off. Visit LegacyBox.com LBOX to get an exclusive 40% off. Buy today to take advantage of this incredible offer and send in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com LBOX to save 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. This is Dennis Prager along with my fellow host Mike Gallagher. We both want to invite you to join us for a trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land this October 27th to November 5th. I've been all over the world, but I can never get enough of the great state of Israel. You will be a Amazed and inspired in your faith. Dennis and I have planned every detail minute by minute of this trip to make sure you have the best experience possible. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, especially because Israel is the leading country in the world in COVID vaccinations. Join us as we sail on the Sea of Galilee in boats that are replicas of the ones Jesus sailed in with his disciples. Walk the steps of the old city of Jerusalem and join us for a Shabbat service that will reenact the old tradition. It's something you'll never forget. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Aren't you ready to travel again? We are.
So come join us. Planning for retirement can seem like an overwhelming task, especially if you're doing it on your own. There are so many questions to answer and only one chance to get them right. When should you start collecting Social Security? What is the best way to minimize taxes? How will you pay for health care costs? Get answers to these questions and much more by attending the Retirement Planning Made Simple course offered by the Synergy Group. This course is designed to help those near and in retirement make more informed decisions about their financial future. The Synergy Group Group team will give you unbiased, actionable advice that will help you navigate the path to and through retirement with confidence. To sign up for a retirement planning made simple course, call 800-321-7963 today. That's 800-321-7963. Or visit pghretirementcourses.com. Securities offered through GW Cole Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through GW Cole Advisors. GW Cole Financial and GW Cole Advisors are not affiliated with the Synergy Group Incorporated. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So Gallup did a poll and found out that 42 million more Latin Americans want to come to the United States. They surveyed 33 countries in Latin America and the Caribbean and found that 27% of 450 million people wanted to leave home and come her and 35% uh, or 42 million wanted to come to the United States. So I have a question, and it's a 100% serious question. I, I don't understand. Kamala Harris is uh, either there or headed to the uh, to the border, uh, and, and headed to some of these countries. I'm sorry, not the border. Headed to these countries that are uh, sending so many uh, immigrants to the U.S., and she's going to try to convince them to do things that make it better for the people so they don't want to leave. Here's what I don't get. Every day we are told by people like Kamala Harris, who's on record as saying it, that America suffers from systemic racism. Uh, They believe in the 1619 Project, that the country was founded on slavery. We're told time and time again by Democrats and liberals what a racist country this is. We're constantly being told about white supremacy. Why are 42 million people in these countries, most of whom are black or brown, uh, literally risking death to get into the country. And why aren't these people who keep telling me what a racist uh, country this is and what what a problem white supremacy is, why aren't they at the border or why aren't they traveling to these countries and warning these people to stay home? Don't come to this country. It's terrible for you. I don't get it. And it's a serious question. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.